Rainmaker FM. You're listening to The Digital Entrepreneur, the show for folks who want to discover smarter ways to create and sell profitable digital goods and services. This podcast is a production of Digital Commerce Institute, the place to be for digital entrepreneurs. For more information, go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. That's rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. Welcome to The Digital Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Sean Jackson, and I'm joined as always by the combative Katie Katz. Katie, how are you today? Hi, Sean. I'm doing well. How are you? Very well, and I'm ready to duke it out with you today because here's why. You know, we've been doing a lot of interviews of late, and I want to share a little insight with our audience, Katie. You know, when you and I actually talk off the air, we actually have disagreements on things. We actually will talk about the pros and cons of different points of view, right? Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) So Katie and I thought for today's show, we'll mix it up a little bit differently and actually argue the following comment. Should you have a blog on your website? Now, Katie, what's the answer you going to take on it? I am going to take the stance of everybody should have a blog. Absolutely. Oh, that means that I'm going to have to do the counter argument to it. You do realize, by the way, our entire company was founded by a blog. So. <laughs> I'm, I, I know you can do it. I have confidence in you, Chad. <laughs> well, this is going to be a challenge. So, Katie, you're going to take the affirmative. You're going to say, yes, you should have a blog and talk about all the reasons. And then I am going to use my rapier wit to figure out how to counter those arguments on why you should be spending your time elsewhere. It's going to be fun. It will be. And Katie and I will get into it after this short break. Hey, my name is Brian Gardner, and I am the creator of StudioPress, the first premium marketplace for WordPress themes. When I created StudioPress, I could never imagine that more than 200,000 WordPress site owners would use StudioPress to build some of the most elegant and inspiring WordPress sites on the web. And I am not just talking about the numerous large companies that use it. Tens of thousands of food bloggers, podcasters, affiliate marketers, real estate agents, photographers, and many more have created some of the most compelling mobile responsive websites using StudioPress. But that is not all. To make it easy for you to create a compelling WordPress site, we have introduced StudioPress Sites, a turnkey simple method to create and grow your WordPress site. StudioPress Sites includes many of our most popular WordPress themes, with unique SEO tools and plugins all integrated on our high-performance, secure, and actively managed hosting infrastructure. So when you are ready to take your WordPress site to a new level without the worry or hassle of less robust solutions, then I hope you will visit StudioPress.com. Over 200,000 bloggers and webmasters trust StudioPress for their WordPress site, and we work hard every day to earn it. Welcome back from the break. And as promised, the big debate is now upon us. So, Katie, are you ready to argue it out? I'm ready. I've got my boxing gloves on. (laughs) All right. So here is the question we will debate. Should you have a blog on your website? 
That is the question. And Katie will take the affirmative and I will take the contrarian view. So Katie, give us the case on why our audience should have a blog on their primary website. I think there are a lot of reasons, Sean, but I'm going to pick SEO to start with. Um, it, it creates a place where you can build out content that supports your primary keyword strategy and you can have an internal linking structure back to the pages that are most important on your website and grow traffic and just really strengthen the overall um, presence of your website on the internet. So you're taking the SEO angle, is that correct? That's what I'm starting with. Oh, I'll give me the second point. No, I want you to know. I, I I want to take it all in. I want to be able to rebut your argument with the full plethora of things that you have. So we got SEO right. for one. So number one is SEO. Number two is is great relationship building platform. So um, if you're going to have guest posts or you're going to do a roundup influencer style post where you interview other. Um, content producers and have and quote them throughout. It's a great way to build relationships with other people in your industry and get them to share and distribute your brand mm -hmm. um, by sharing your content. And so that's um, number two. Number three is, um, as I've heard you say many times, links are still the currency of digital marketing. And so if you are linking to other people, and with your content on your blog, it's a great way to scratch their black, scratch their back <laughs> and get them to possibly do a favor for you in the future. Mm. Um, another point is it's just a really helpful place to kind of show your personality of your company. Uh, your, your site pages have to be a little more informational by nature. And so the blog, you can be a little more casual and and show who you are as a company and as a brand. Okay. Um, and also be helpful in that regard. Like show yourself as a helpful company that wants to answer questions. Um, and, and when you're the company that's answering the questions that your customers have, um, they're more likely to buy from you when they're ready versus a different letting a different company be that person. Um, so oh. those would be my primary reasons why everybody still should have a blog in 2018. Well, Katie, those were clearly articulated, well done, and completely off the mark. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm going to give you the counter argument that I think a lot of people suffer with. Number one, blogs are a pain to uh, maintain. I mean, they just are. You're, you're, you're having to write content constantly. You're having to feed the beast. And if you don't, then it becomes really sad and pathetic, right? If you're not committing out there, you'll see blog posts interspersed because, oh, somebody told me how to blog. And it actually diminishes the value of your brand when you're not constantly updating, which then implies that you're going to have to spend a ton of resources to doing that, which could be, as a small business, better done elsewhere. For example... I have a one-page site, which is fairly popular right now, right, because of Parallax and things like that. I have a one-page site that talks about my product or service that I'm trying to sell. And people can scroll down, and the menuing system just kind of jumps down to different sections of the page. That's great and wonderful. 
Secondly, I'm going to have to get people to that site because at the end of the day, I'm trying to sell something. So maybe I would be better off spending time on buying ads to drive people to that site or maybe buying ads to drive them to dedicated landing pages so I can put them into the sales funnel or whatever other uh, content marketing options I provide to get them on some sort of email list or text messaging list. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe I should be going after these ads. And then as far as building a personality for my company, well, that's that's what Facebook is for. That's what Twitter is for. That's what all these social media platforms are for. So I can be out there exposing my wonderfulness to everyone. And again, doing it in a place where there is a giant gathering of people. Because if I have to have a blog site, I got to feed that thing. I've got to maintain that thing. I'm going to have to sit there and constantly promote that thing. In addition to everything else I've got to do on the web to keep engaged, etc. So quite frankly, with the availability of all these different social media platforms to engage with people, on top of which I want to spend my time and effort on things that are driving to the sales funnel, then wouldn't I be better off buying ads? Of course I would. Those blog sites take forever and you push all this content out and you end up getting one comment from some guy over in Asia that wants you to link to his <laughs> self-help book or whatever it is he's promoting. You know, it's just a waste of time. That's my counter argument. What say you? Those are all good points. Um, first of all, to the ads, I would say yes, I think ads are a really valuable quick win and should be a part of any content strategy, including a blogging strategy. But the problem is, a lot of people don't trust ads still. Um, they know what it is. They've been educated that the top part of Google is um, is the ad section and if that what display ads are on a website and ad blindness is a real thing. So people scroll past that information and don't even see it. And so um, by spending a little time, you know, maybe meal prepping your meals on Sunday so you can work an extra hour during the week and putting a piece of content up that you can link back to that's a little more trustworthy, that's a little more authentic, you can break through that noise of all of that ad blindness and just capture the people who might otherwise have missed you with an ad. Um, and then as far as social media, again, obviously I love social media and I think it's um, a really important piece of a healthy marketing strategy. If you are putting all of your time and energy only in social media, um, you don't, then you don't have as much control because those are not technically owned properties. And so um, if you are able to draw people back to your website, back to your owned property um, with a blog that's answering a question that they've really been wondering about, um, what, what, it, how do you pick a paint color for a room that's not, that's going to actually match the swatch the way it looks in the store versus once you get it in your house? Like a question that's just, some, you know, one example of, um, people have questions when they're making a decision and making a purchase. And so if you answer those questions, draw them into your website, once they're there, then you can push them into a conversion mm. with pop-ups and whatever else. Yes, but let's let's be fair, though. You know, you work with big companies. You work with big brands. I am employed by a big company that has writers who have all these people that do these things. And, you know, again, let's be honest. You know, Copy Blogger is a very popular blog. Our whole company started because Brian Clark started writing a blog and kept on publishing content on a continual basis. I mean, let's, I'll, I'll give you that. But you know what? 
have the rules changed? I mean, quite frankly, when people that we know started in the space, blogging was both a novelty, it was unique, it was a great way to get people into your ecosystem, if you will. But now, with the rise of all these paid platforms, where I can just go after and spend money after money after money to drive people to whatever action I want them to do, if I'm starting out, shouldn't I be focusing there and maybe as I get bigger, throw a blog site in later? In other words, maybe I'll, I'll grant you a blog is important, but is it important when I'm starting out or is it important when I've gotten bigger? You know, where is its real place? I think that you have to ramp it up. Um, when it comes to like a paid strategy, it can, depending on what space you're in, it can be really expensive to scale at the speed that you want to scale. So I work with a lot of startups and, um, one of the frequent startup mantras is to, is to find a scalable, repeatable process to grow your business, right? Like what can you do? Find something that works and then repeat it and do more of it so that you can get more and more customers for your product. Um, and if you're paying for every, if you're paying, you know, half of the lifetime value for every customer that you bring on, that's really eating into your overall profit margin. And if you can just, you know, put aside a small amount of time per day to growing your organic traffic growth with a, a really thoughtful blog strategy then that will slowly cut down your cost per acquisition over time so that by the time you get to year two or year three, you're paying a lot less for each of those customers than you have to in those early days. Um, and it, you know, it, it is really time consuming and it is thinking about it as an investment. Like it's probably not going to be the most effective strategy. It's not going to be as effective as PPC in the beginning. Um, because it, it takes a little time to grow up that presence. Um, but, but if you're investing in it and you're doing a good job, you will so be so grateful in year two and three, when you see those, those numbers, you know, the, the, the distance between your cost and your revenue, um, separate. You know, you, again, you bring up some great points, but there <laughs> is another side of this equation, which I'm going to talk about when we get back from this short break. Hey everyone, this is Sean Jackson, the host of The Digital Entrepreneur, and I wanna ask you a simple question. What is your business framework for selling digital goods online? Now, if the question perplexes you, don't worry, you are not alone. Most people don't realize that the most successful digital entrepreneurs have a framework or a general process for creating and selling their digital goods in the online space. And one of the best free resources is Digital Commerce Academy. Digital Commerce Academy combines online learning with case studies and webinars created by people who make a living selling digital goods online. And the best part is that this material is free when you register. Are you interested in joining? Well, I'll make it easy for you. If you're listening to the show on your phone, and are in the continental United States, I want you to send a text message to 313131 with the keyword digits, D-I-G-I-T-S. And when you send that text message, we will send you a link to the registration form right to your phone. Are you outside the United States? Don't worry. Just send us an email 
to digits at rainmaker.fm. Either way, we'll send you a link to the registration form so that you can sign up for free for Digital Commerce Academy. And as a special bonus, we will also subscribe you to our newsletter when you text or email us so that you can stay informed with the latest insights from the show. And don't worry, we respect your privacy and we will not share your email or phone number and you can easily unsubscribe at any time. So if you want to start building or improving your framework for selling digital goods online, then please send a text to 313131 with the keyword digits or send us an email at digits at rainmaker.fm. You won't be disappointed. Okay, Katie, we left everybody hanging with the ultimate question, which is this. You have stated great reasons why you should have a blog. You've even given some temperament to it, meaning that maybe it should scale over time so that it compounds the effect so that in several years from now, you can sit there and have the benefit of that blog. Would that be a good summation of our argument to this point? Yeah, I think so. And okay. what would you say your point has been? Because I don't think I even remember it. Oh, <laughs> my point is, is a function of return on time spent. And my argument is that your time is better utilized on going after paid programs, using social media to build up your uh reputation, your wonderfulness, as I call it, uh, without having to sit there and constantly think about how you feed the beast of a blog. So mine is all about what is my return on time spent. And my argument against blogging would be essentially it takes too much time for little return. And yes, maybe in several years from now that maybe something will improve my return because now I'm getting a lot of organic traffic. But let's face it, I got to pay the bills next month. Right. So, you know, doing a blog post that has a three, four, five year lifespan is not going to be high on my list of things to do. And here's another argument against it. The simple fact is that these platforms, the social media platforms, um, even some of the platforms like Medium out there make it so easy, so easy to engage with people. They are constantly updating. They are constantly figuring out ways to make the experience better for everyone. That why take on the technical debt that is incumbent upon anyone who starts up a blog site? You know, I'm not talking about a website or a web page, I should say. I'm talking about the ongoing technical debt. You know, I have to keep it updated. I have to make sure it's secure. I've got to take care of all these other things. And quite frankly, these bigger companies do a 10 times better job at it. So just turn it over to them. I mean, look at Medium, for goodness sakes. Medium is a wonderful platform. So many content management systems like WordPress are trying to mimic what you can do today in Medium. And Medium has the added benefit of of bringing an audience to you. I mean, Tumblr, I know we don't talk about Tumblr a lot, but Tumblr, one of the things that I know from people who use this is when you put a Tumblr together, you're you're going to get traffic. I mean, and that's really at the end of the day, as a small business person, that's what I'm concerned with, Katie. I want immediate traffic. I want to know if I'm putting something out there, I get an immediate return so that my time spent sees something from it sooner rather than your two to three year, you know, it will come <laughs> type of mentality. That's my counter argument. Dispute it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really valid point. And pro uh, in all honesty, there are probably some companies where that there's a lot of truth and that 
that your point is the way they should go. But I would say for most companies, um, it is worth that investment because we're not talking about, you know, eight hours a day or six hours a day or even four hours a day. Um, it could, it's as little as 30 minutes a day and is plenty of time um, for you to think about an effective blogging strategy because in the at the end of the day, you are the owner of your of your brand. You are the you're the expert. And so if it's taking you hours and hours to write the perfect post, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm. Um, it's it's just like any other muscle. Once you get in the habit of um, of of writing a blog and putting that piece of content together, you will be able to hammer those things out very quickly. And with just a little bit of work at the beginning to understand um, what you should be talking about, you know, even if it's just talking to your customers, which is something you're probably already doing, um, then you should be able to have plenty of content to plan out ahead of time and just sit down and, and create that discipline of writing 30 minutes a day. Um, and and at the end of the day, I have to, I love Medium and Tumblr and all of those different platforms, but the one thing that they really are still missing is the SEO value of building a place where you can create links and people can link back to you and you can build up your authority on a particular subject um, that's relevant to your audience and to your brand and that will help you rank and help your domain strength. Um, it's just, that's really just the one thing that they haven't been able to, um, have over having the blog on your site and even why it's better to have, um, the blog as part of your domain as opposed to a blog dot. Um, it's just, it really is such a great way to strengthen your SEO. Um, and so at the end of the day, I, I think it's, I just think it's such a great strategy that everybody should at least try. Okay. So now uh, let me put a little bit more to you on this question because there are a couple of ways to represent a blog. And and here's something that always makes me laugh. What's the difference between a blog page and a web page? Uh, you know, and to me, it comes down to comments, right? I mean, I think that's the one thing that we often miss in these conversations is if I write about some subject and I turn comments off, it's no longer a blog page, right? I mean, it's not because a blog inherently implies that there are comments attached to whatever I happen to write. Now, granted, if, if, from my experience, it takes a thousand viewers to get one person to give you a comment. I mean, I think that's high, mm -hmm. but you know, that's a good rule of thumb I always use. So if you've only got 300 people coming to your site, and you never get a comment. It's probably because you don't have enough people or whatever you write may not be compelling enough to get them to comment. So I think there is something about, you know, blog page or blog post that has comments, which what makes it unique versus just a traditional web page. But from that conversation, how should I integrate this on a site? Because the other argument, let's say I agree with you, which by the way I do, but don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> but let's say I agreed with you and your, you know, crazy logic there. Um, <laughs> 
should I be putting this as a sub uh, section of my site? In other words, my primary web page is my offering, you know, what I provide, et cetera. And then I have a little link to the blog, which I think, you know, to your point from an SEO value being a subfolder versus a subdirectory, i.e. forward slash blog is better. But let me give you this as an argument. Based on all the merits and strengths that you've articulated, would it not make sense that the first page of your site is the blog? And then the other elements of what you sell behind the scenes. In other words, shouldn't the first experience be the blog that my users interact with, that my audience sees, and then the product I sell versus putting the product or service forefront with the blog as a secondary navigation? It's a really interesting question. Uh-huh. Because, um, <laughs> you know, if you said, hey, a blog is, you know, wonderful, it's a powerful, it's all these benefits that you articulated, then the natural conclusion would be, well, then make your site the blog with whatever product and service you have as a secondary consideration versus the typical way of putting the product service first, i.e. homepage, and then the blog as a secondary consideration equivalent to the about page. Well, Here's the problem with that. And the the thing is is you really have to think about where people are when they're when they're um coming to a page. So if they're coming to a blog from a piece from a social media post or something like that, they're looking for an answer to a question. But if they're coming to your brand homepage from any different format whether they're typing it in or um, they're searching for your company name or they're searching for a product and they click on your company name, uh, it's going to be kind of a frustrating experience to be looking for your company and what you offer and be put into a content, you know, straight into that content world. It's not, it doesn't match the user's intent, mm. um, which is at the end of the day, always the most important thing. And so I do actually oftentimes recommend having uh, the blog really accessible and clear from the homepage, uh, not just the navigation, but maybe having a section where you show the latest news. Um, but at the end of the day, that that first message they should see when they land on your on your company brand is who you are and what you deliver and make it really easy for them to convert if they want to. Um, but I, there there's a ton of experts who say that it's valuable to have you know, multiple stages of call to action on your homepage. Um, and so why not have one be, hey, learn more about us on our blog and the other be buy from us? Right. Um, I think that would be a really good compromise. Yeah, and I think so, too, because if you look at the power of a homepage, certainly it needs to quickly communicate exactly what it is you are offering right you know that i think is you know usually you see it in modern design with a big hero image and mm -hmm. then some you know very clear text about what it is we provide with some sort of option to learn more and then as you scroll through you'll see you know here's some testimonials here's some feature things but you're right i mean it is simple to integrate this concept of here are the latest news from mm -hmm. our site and and that could be the way that you populate it you could don't have to call it a blog right you can just just say the yep. latest news are important updates and that way it gives a little bit more context to what you are blogging about i mean my feeling has always been that a blog and the term blog is appropriate in certain circumstances but sometimes because of buyer's intent 
I want to know something more about the company, right? Or I mm-hmm. want to know more about what the product is, or I want to know more about what's happening and incorporate it into the homepage as important updates or latest trends or something that gives context to what you are blogging about would probably be a better option. All right, Katie, you have done a fantastic job defending with logic, reason, and rationale that is hard to dispute. But I'm going to end on the fact that I'm always going to be right because it's my show. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate your input. No, just kidding. Well, I really appreciate that you were able to so articulately argue against blogs when your company is a blog. So I think you really did a great job too, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. I think this is, you know, it's funny, folks. I think we all go through this mental challenge between where do we spend our time and effort? Do we go through through and follow the advice of true experts like Katie and realize that there is a compounded benefit to this type of content marketing. There's a huge SEO benefit, but these take time. And I love, quite frankly, your idea that it is something that scales over time, that it becomes a part of the rhythm right, of how you operate and that that rhythm can increase in tempo as your business becomes more successful. It becomes a place where you can stake a claim, if you will, and then build up a mansion on top of it, right? And I think that's so important because you're right. I mean, when it comes to cost, there's no question that effective content marketing takes time, but the the results are compounded. And then you're right. And, and sometime in the future, you're going to be like, wow, look at all this organic, crazy traffic. I can't believe I was on XYZ list as an expert. I mean, there is inherent value. At the same token, I think we have to be honest with ourselves you know, that this is not just something you should jump into lightly. You have to put a process in place. You have to consider the allocation of time and resources towards it. And in doing so, balance it against the other initiatives that are going to help pay bills for the month. But they're all a part of the equation, right? There's no one magic bullet. And that's the thing that gets me, Katie, is everyone talks about the silver bullet. And my favorite quote is, there's no such thing as silver bullets. There's just lots of lead ones that you need. (laughs) Yes. All righty, Katie. Well, I think we have given this topic its due course. I can't thank you enough. And now it is time for our recommendations for the week. All right, Katie, it's that time of the show where we give our recommendation for the week. So what do you have for our audience? All right. When it comes to blogging, my one of my favorite books is Anne Handley's Everybody Writes. And the reason I really liked it is because she makes it very clear and gives just like a simple process for how anybody can be a good writer. And a lot of writers, especially novelists, will talk about how not everybody has a novel inside of them. Not everybody can write. And they're very kind of like highfalutin about it. (laughs) Um, And Anne just really distills it down and says, actually, it doesn't have to be that scary. And with practice, it's it's really an easy thing to build a skill on. It's just like any other muscle. Um, And so I really enjoyed that personally. um, As a writer, there was just so much actionable information that I could take and improve myself right away. 
Well, there you have it, folks, and we will put that into our show notes. And as I mentioned earlier, what makes a blog a blog is when you leave a comment. So if you thought today's show was interesting or would like to dispute something that we said, then by all means, do leave a comment on the show notes. And of course, your reviews on iTunes, your reviews on Google really help us because trust me, we read them and we try to improve the show because of your input. So do Do us the favor to help us make a better show for you and leave a comment or leave a review or rating on the different platforms you use so that we can help improve the show. All righty, Katie, that's it for us this week. Any parting thoughts? Make sure that if you're afraid of blogging, try it. I mean, I think that is a really great parting thought for us all to leave on. It's not anything to be afraid of. Yeah, and that is a perfect way to end the show. Have a great week, everyone. 